Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Hello, Cove Church. I am Savannah. I am the pastor of our children's ministry, and I get the wonderful opportunity to share a message that I believe comes straight from the heart of the Lord to encourage you today. You know, it's funny, I was driving along uh, on my way to work one day and I just found out that I get to preach a message to you. And I asked the Lord, I said, God, what is it that you want me to talk about? Because I've never done this before. And you know, I'm driving into work, the sun is shining, the perfect worship song is on. And not every morning is like that. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. But this particular morning was really special for me because I just believed that God had a word for me for you guys. And as I was driving and I was worshiping, I felt this, I felt this little prompt in my heart and, and I heard God say to me, I will never stop fighting for you. And I was like, okay, okay, Lord, like, I know you're not. I know, I know that you will always fight for me. And he goes, do you think that I've stopped loving you? And in that moment, I was like, okay, Lord, what's going to happen? <laughs> Is something bad going to happen? You know, because that's what happens when we're human. We think that everything's going good. And then God says, I'm going to fight for you. What's going to happen? In this past month, I personally have faced some pretty difficult battles of my own. Battles that I never thought that I would have to face. And all I could bring myself to do was to say, Jesus, I trust you. You're going to work it out. You're going to work it out, right? His word to me on my drive to work meant so much to me in that moment, more than I could ever realize. In my past, my first reaction would not have been to reach out and talk to God. My initial reaction to talk to God is what I call a faith exercise of trust. Way easier said than done. In my past, my initial response wouldn't have been to ask God for help. In fact, it would have been to say, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, I can't handle this. But I've learned over time that faith is like a muscle. For those that know me know that I love fitness. I love the gym. I love the feeling of feeling strong. And I really don't like to appear weak. Faith is like strengthening our muscles. We have to strengthen that muscle to build it up. Sometimes there will be exercises that tone up your faith. More reps, less weight. Like, for instance, ordering a birthday gift off of Amazon the last minute and hoping that it's going to make it there in time. We have all done it. And sometimes building that faith muscle takes a bulkier exercise with heavier weights and less reps. For example, I have no way to pay rent this month. It's so much money, Lord. I've done everything that I can. But you know what? I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in this circumstance. It's a bigger push. It's more weight. But it's more faith and more trust in God. Look at King David in the Bible, for instance. He was born into nothing, just a shepherd boy. By his culture, he was deemed invaluable. Yet God anointed him as king over Israel. And he called him a man after his own heart. 
Why do you think the Lord did this? I'll tell you why. King David exercised faith. How did he do that? He praised God when things were good. He praised God and he worshiped when things were bad. He verbally and physically built his faith muscle. And guess what? You and I, we could follow the same example. We can do it too. The first thing we must do when we find ourselves in an unlikely situation is face the truth. See, half of our internal battle is facing the truth and trusting that God is going to work it out. Why is it that we let all the worry of the situation really get the best of us? Like, I worry and it makes the situation a lot worse. I think of every single outcome that could possibly happen. But even if it is my worst fear ever, I don't think that the worst possible outcome has really ever taken place. Not only does God work it out, God fights for us by equipping us to defend ourselves. The Bible gives us some very important tools that we can put into practice in order to defend ourselves and to defend those that we care about. First, and probably the hardest, we wait. Who likes waiting? Nobody likes waiting. We wait for the Lord to work. Waiting is one of the hardest parts about building that faith muscle and trusting that God will take action and that he will work out all of our circumstances. Not waiting is what can get us into trouble and what gets me into trouble most of the time. I'm such an action-oriented fixer that I will sometimes rush into action and miss God's timing. Let me tell you, his plan is so much better than ours. His plan is so much better than ours. The Bible gives us so many examples of people that waited on God. Many examples include the kings that were practicing waiting before battle. That must have been really scary. Or the prophet Isaiah's prophecy to the people of Israel. He was encouraging them to wait on God, not only to wait, but to wait in hope. Isaiah 30, 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait on him. My encouragement for you is to wait on God, to seek him, and he will fight for you. Another part of, our, of building our faith muscle is getting the proper nutrients. In real time, real life, we have to eat to fuel our muscles. That is why it is so important to get into the word. This right here, it is so important to dig into the Bible, to meditate on it and make it a daily practice. We're ingesting it into our hearts, ingesting it into our spirits. Because what we learn from this will change us from the inside out. We can wait on the Lord and we can pray. I was a student in Teen Challenge many, many years ago. And I will never forget our prayer nights. But most importantly, I will not forget gathering in the morning and praying the armor of God over all of us in song. I would sing it for you, but it's a little long. 
that even though I knew that even though I faced hard times, I knew that I was covered with the spiritual armor of God and I knew that I wasn't alone. I think it's important for, important for us to remember that we are in a spiritual battle, a spiritual war. Paul says in Ephesians 6, when he was speaking to the church of Ephesus, he said, for our struggle is not against flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We might not see a battle in the natural, but it is definitely happening. The enemy is waging war for our souls. Prayer is a way that we can defend ourselves and prayer is a way that we can defend our families and prayer is a way that we can defend everyone that we love and care about. But most important, prayer is a way that we can wait for God's will to be done. The word gives us plenty of descriptions on how to pray and the impact that it can have on someone's life. Take Jesus, for instance. Even though he was innocent, and even though they were guilty, Jesus prayed for the sinners on the cross, giving one of them peace at the final moment of death, promising that he would join him in paradise. We pray because our words have the power to bring life or death. I don't know about you, but I want my words to bring life. I want them to bring encouragement to others. And I want my prayer to make a difference, not only in my life, but in the, my children's lives. And I know that you have somebody that you're praying for too. We must also know full well that God's grace is with us because we're not perfect. Our words are not always going to be perfect. But we can use them to bring life and encouragement to others. I was reading uh, an article put out by a pastor at City Church in California. And he was talking not only about prayer, but he was talking about worship. He said, worship when you feel wounded. While it will feel counterintuitive and contrary to our feelings at the time, it creates a space for God to move in our circumstances. There was once a man who lost seven sons, three daughters, and all of his property in a single day. His name has become synonymous with pain. His name is Job. See, the act of worship can change our mindset. If it can change Job's mindset, then it can surely change ours. It can realign us with our creator. And guess what? There are so many different ways to worship. We can praise him in joy and praise him in the storm. We can dance, we can sing. Worship is the act of devoting our attention to God. We all worship differently and in different seasons. One of the most important ways that we can defend ourselves is taking our thoughts captive. Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth when he said, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We might not have control over this life, but we have control over our response to our circumstances. 
God gives us the tools and he will intercede on our behalf. But we have to take what we've learned and put it into action. The other half of our internal battle is believing that God wants to fight for us. Paul wrote some very powerful words to the church in Rome when he wrote this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. God's love is not altered in any way by our human circumstances. I'm going to say that again. God's love is not altered in any way by our human circumstances. If you were the only person on earth, God would have sent Jesus to die for you. God's character, faithfulness, and ultimately his sacrifice of Jesus proves his love for us. God will never stop fighting for you. He will never stop loving you. And even if you don't choose him, he chooses you. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you, an encouragement that God is fighting for you. When you don't measure up as a parent, a daughter, a son, God's fighting for you. God's fighting for you if you're in the thick of addiction, if you're struggling with depression and you feel like you just can't make it another day, God is fighting for you. If you don't understand that God is fighting for you and this is the first time that you're tuning in online, I want to pray with you because he has a plan for you. He specifically knew that you were going to be here in this moment. By my own personal testimony of what I've been through in my life, and I came through a lot, I can tell you that there is nothing, nothing that can separate you from God's love that even when we defend ourselves with all these tools that I shared with you, he's still gonna be there. He's still gonna be there when it doesn't make sense. The bottom line is that God loves you. He's interceding for you. And if he is for you, there is nothing that can be against you. By putting these things into practice, it can change your perspective, giving us the courage to stay strong, and the confidence to put our faith, our hope and trust in God. I would love to pray with you today. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross for us. Lord, I thank you for each person that's represented here today. The lost, the broken, those that are dealing with broken relationships, those that think they're not measuring up as a parent, a friend. And Lord, those that might not know the direction that their life is taking, but you do. And so Lord, I, I just want to, to join you, to partner with you today, to pray for those who don't know you. If you don't know the Lord and you want to ask him into your heart, I want to pray with you right now. All of you online can say this with me. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I recognize that I have sinned and fallen short 
of the glory of God. And I ask that you would come into my heart and be the leader of my life. And Lord, I just, I just lift those up to you that raised their hands today. And I ask that you be with them in grace. And Lord, that you be with them in mercy and that you show them the right way. And Lord, that you would bring people into their lives that would encourage them in the faith and that you would ultimately reveal to them that you are for them, that you are fighting for them and that you love them. And so Lord, we thank you today for all that you're doing and continue to do. We know you're fighting for us. We know you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.